Welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as ScottCast. Uh, I am joined today with the incomparable, the invincible, the never once missed a pod in his life, fan favorite, Ian Dixon. Hello, fan favorite. Oh, that's not the sound I wanted. I'll take that. Like that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fan favorite Ian Dixon in his studio. <laughs> he's playing all the instruments at once um so yeah but this is a special episode in the sense that uh we're doing a little experiment we've decided on this experiment 10 minutes before we got started but we are recording this beast on youtube we're gonna post this shit on youtube and we're gonna try to get some clips out of it if we're ever funny we're gonna post it to other places and stuff isn't that amazing that is amazing. Like, can you, you can hear the excitement in the Scott Castigator's, like, pants right now, can't you? You can just hear, like, a hundred boners popping off beneath some jeans just in the ether. Yes. You know, in the future, because this is not live. <laughs> a bunch of future boners be popping up in the ether. Like, if we had a... They say that time uh, is not linear, right? They say that they say we experience it linearly, but uh, it's right. it's a different dimension that we just can't like access. So technically, uh, those boners are happening now. They have always happened. Those yes. boners for our video, <laughs> our video boners. Absolutely. Does that excite you, Ian? That uh, those boners always existed. Is that a source of comfort for you? I mean, it's like Schrodinger's boner. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he. I bet he has a theory about his boner <laughs> that he that he's told to many people, that many ladies in his life, continuously, forever, and also never has had a boner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and thus Viagra was invented. <laughs> That's the exact reasoning. Schrodinger's boner. I mean, I think we've already came up with uh, the episode title right there. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah. three minutes in. We're done. We finished. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Ian fucking figured it out. That's why That's yeah. why I put you on video, man, because people got to see the genius behind fan favorite Ian Dixon. Yeah. They don't normally get to see you. I'm not much to look at. You're a lot to look at, man. You're, you're. That's the thing. That's why I've been mm-hmm. keeping you outside of videos because, uh, you, you, you you're, you're intimidating to largely yeah. to most people. To me, at least. <laughs> to most and then, people. Yeah, most people find you intimidating. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a few brave souls out there that uh, can look you in the eye and be like, mm-hmm. "I'm with this man," but uh, not me. No, like whenever we're together, it's like I gotta look away. I gotta mm-hmm. pretend I'm with lesser company. I just, I just imagine David is there and he's you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, well, I can't fathom it being you. For our video viewers, you can focus on these cats over here. Nice, Bela, Boris, hanging out by the air conditioner. Right, you got both of them going on there. Like they know where the cool room is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is Bronwyn in? Is she, is she, uh, missing her cats? 
Uh, she's uh, downstairs watching a movie with the her little movie club. Movie club? Yeah. She, every Thursday, her and her friends stream like a, a bad movie. Oh, the, the digital was, club, yeah. Yeah. It was, we tried to make it Monster in the Closet today, mm-hmm. which is like that trauma movie with Paul Walker. Paul Walker! <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Fergie is also in it, like Child Fergie. Child Fergie. Yeah. What's Paul Walker doing with Child Fergie? I don't know, but uh, somebody vetoed it, and she's watching some bullshit with James Spader. I don't know what it is. It's bad. So James I came Spader. Up, I so came it's up like a it's like pop. an actual bad movie instead yeah. of watching like a fun bad movie, right? That's lame. Or she needs she needs to get a new club. I think we should start a club, a movie club. Who's into the movie club? Anybody in the audience? Yeah, the whole audience wants us to start a Scottcast movie club. But uh, I'm on this Facebook group uh, now. And by the way, I don't know how Facebook did this, uh, but it's got these groups in it, right? Where mm-hmm. you can join groups. And Facebook is like starting to overtake all the other social networks as one of my favorite places to go for less vitriolic content. Wow. Yeah. That's, like. Uh... That's an M. Night Shyamalan kind of twist. <laughs> it really is. Like, that was a dark horse. <laughs> like, who, no one would have expected that. But like all of my, my, my entire feed is just these groups that I've subscribed to and I've kind of curated. Um, I'm in a few. I'm in a few business groups, which are actually super useful and uh, mm-hmm. good for networking. And I'm also in some more fun groups. I have a Tourette's guy group, which is just so good. Because nice. it's just people just just swearing, <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, and then um, I've got a sleaze fest movie uh, exploitation film group. Nice. Uh, so I think we should take movies from the sleaze fest group and uh, do like a like a weekly watch with the, with the old Scott cast audience. If they get behind it, it's 15 bucks a head each week. We're going to charge. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the the price of going to a movie at the theater. Right. But you don't have to be around people. You can hang out exactly. with your boys. Exactly. Um, and they can, uh, yeah, we hang out with the boys. I will stream it. We'll, we'll stream it on our Discord. We'll revive the Discord we have. <laughs> and uh, you can make your own popcorn. You can sit with your hot-ass laptop, $15 poorer, uh, listening to us talk over a sleazy movie, like uh, this movie that I saw recently that I tried to watch, but I couldn't find a good torrent of it. Mm-hmm. Um it's called like white slave and it's just about this like white girl that gets kidnapped by a bunch of like Amazonian cannibals. And like the, the taglines like she only survives for one reason. You got (laughs) to guess the reason I I have a guess. I don't, I don't want to say it though. It's it's an uncomfortable guess. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Turns out she's good at cooking human. Hmm. No, it's probably sex. Anyways, so there's like movies like that we can inc- include in the programming. And then uh, mm-hmm. we can discuss it. We can discuss 
the cinematography. We could discuss the ethics of exploitation yeah. films. Um, what's your favorite form of exploitation? Um, what is? Is it? Uh, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be like these seventies things. Like, there's yeah. this one genre that, like, from a I, I listened to this podcast, and this one guy is just like, for no reason, he he doesn't even watch the movies, but he loves to collect like DVDs of of women in prison. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole genre where it's just like a lady prison. Yeah, there's that's definitely a thing. <laughs> like I was just like, what? Why is that? Like, how many stories could you tell? And why is that a whole genre? It seems like very specific, but he's super into it. He doesn't seem like a pervy guy, so it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like that's the reason. And he yeah. says he doesn't watch it. He just like he's like he's like buying like fifteen of these movies like a week. I don't. I, that, I imagine you just get I them all that, at one point. That's what's odd to me is that he just doesn't he doesn't watch them. Like, what's what's the purpose of having them? That what does he enjoy about ha- owning them? I mean, how many movies have you uh, have you owned that you don't? I own watch? a lot, but I I've watched most of them. You have you buy them and you watch them. Generally, that's the plan. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know what movie uh, I have that I haven't watched? I, I brought a little show and tell for our video audience. Yeah, what's up? Brought this all the way. <laughs> nice. From from Detroit. That's right. It is a Virgin Jerry. Smuggled Still wrapped in plastic. Foot. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're ahead of me. But I also brought Ian's foot. <laughs> That's right. This is from Ick. This is one of the reasons why I think we should be doing video because uh because we have the Ian's Cult Kitchen show that we did one episode of mm-hmm. like five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is by far the most popular thing we've ever done. <laughs> you know, so like we got to start capitalizing on that Ian's face. I feel like that's the thing. So I brought yeah. Ian's foot with me. This is this is keeping me company. I sleep with it. You can notice <laughs> it fits my it fits my face perfectly if I just rest mm-hmm. upon it. It's very nice. It's because of all those times I kicked you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your ankle formed <laughs> to my face. <laughs> like, why are you hitting me with your ankle, bro? <laughs> why are you ankle striking me? And then, of course, check this out. A little original piece of Ian Dixon art. Oh, shit. That's right. Wunderbar. I remember that. That's right. You you created this when Yoga Hosers came out, and we were like, this is totally going to be one of Kevin Smith's best movies. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out not to be the case. So, here we are, just uh, podcasting along, uh, doing some video. Um, I have a little embarrassing story I want to tell you, if you're okay. interested in hearing that kind of thing. So I'll listen to you humiliate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, so we, we recently have, uh, started a dungeons and dragons group with David. David is the dungeon master. Um, uh, Charlie spice is in the group with us along with, uh, Cade and, 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 a, and a, an additional participant. Um, 
And like, how long are those sessions? Like we haven't really done one yet. Right. But every time we sit down and <laughs> talk about it, how long does that last? It takes a long time. It takes a couple hours. It's a severely long thing to do. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I thought I've, I always kind of, sometimes I feel bad about recording Scott cast. Cause it's like, I'm making you guys talk for like a straight hour, mm-hmm. which, which can feel like a marathon session. Yeah. Uh, but but now, now after we're doing this Dungeons and Dragons thing, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit, um, because like we'll, we're sitting there and and we're doing it's fun, it's a good time, but like we're talking for a long time. And like uh, I have this chair here, this black chair, mess chair that I was sitting in, and I was like sitting badly. The whole time. I just I just wasn't sitting well. And I woke up the next morning and I could not get up. <laughs> My back was destroyed. I, I felt like Batman after he fought Bane. Except I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. I was just talking about playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I got severely injured. Mm-hmm. I like later that night. Julia called and she was just like, Scott, do you, do you want to come over and, you know, we could, you could, we could sleep together and stuff like that. And I had to say, no, (laughs) (laughs) my back is broken because I played Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) I sat in the wrong chair and now I can't move. (laughs) So that's my life. That's the embarrassing thing that I have to offer. Um, what do you think that is? Do you think that's my that's you think that's a curse that uh, that I because I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons? Do you think it's just the chair? It must be a really bad chair, or do I need to face the music and and admit to myself that the times in my youth where I could sit down on a webcam, laugh with my friends, and slouch for hours at a time is gone. <laughs> I th- I think it's got to be the chair. It's the uh, chair. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I young. I can assure you. Like, yeah, my I am older than you, and my back is worse than yours. I promise you. Okay, and you, yeah, you didn't break your back doing it. No, you you were sitting fine. What chair were you using? Were you using this chair? What kind of chair is that? I mean, it's like a. It's one of those swivelly, rolly chairs. It's, it's got, got some like padding. Leather. leather. It's got some padding. I got a pillow, extra pillow. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not the best chair ever, but it's uh, appropriate support. Yeah, it's like it's the chair. It's the it, it's it's a good. It's like a reminds me of my old chair back mm-hmm. in uh, back in Hamtramck that I left abandoned. With with all my other things, yeah, uh, it's it was comfortable. It was one of those things that I was just like, I I was leaving Detroit and all my things, and like everyone was like, a lot of people were were coming up to me and they were saying like, Scott, like, oh, aren't you gonna miss all the these things you've accumulated? You're just paring yourself down to a couple suitcases, and like I haven't, I gotta be, I gotta be, I haven't thought about my stuff at all. Mm-hmm. Not in like any way, 
But after I broke my back, I do miss my chair. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only just now kind of like regaining mobility. But, you know, I, f- I feel good about it. I feel good. I feel good. So what were you working with? Like a fucking stool or some shit? I'll show you what it is. Like, like a stool would have been better. Mm. Because a stool doesn't play games with you. It's just like, <laughs> put your ass here. You're responsible for your own back. Yeah. Right? That's, I like a stool. I'll take a stool. Right now I'm sitting in like a kind of like a, like a, like a, like a dining chair. Right? Like just so it's like just a, just like a kitchen chair. And let me show you the rat bastard oh. piece of shit that broke my back. The bane of my existence. Literally bane. I'm going to call this thing. I'm, gonna, I'm all tangled. All right. There's that rat fucking fink bastard right there. Mm. Call it some names. Let's let's make it feel bad. You piece of shit. Fuck you, you trash ass chair. Fuck you, chair. It's not my chair, so I can't actually break it. But yeah, like they try to do like your thing with the pillow. Yeah. But it's fucking worthless. Made me feel old. Nothing's allowed to make me feel old but you. Okay. I'll accept that from you. I can take it from you. <sighs> Lively episode. I've never castigated a chair before on pod. <laughs> this is what you're getting for subscribing to the Scott Cast YouTube channel, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing some real shit here. You know, so what what else do I got written down? I broke my back playing D and D. How are you feeling about D and D? Do you are you are you looking forward to it? We got our first session coming up. What is it? Uh, Monday? Monday, allegedly, yeah. Monday night. You know, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be yeah you're gonna be coming <laughs> home from like twenty twelve hours of hearing like the craziest like well scarring emotional stories from children and then like you're gonna be like role playing as a giant dicked sasquatch <laughs> yep it's gonna be uh an experience we'll see how long i can do those monday nights i don't know about that neither of us have much experience playing the D D. mm-hmm True. We played D and D one time with uh, a Chuck Tingle uh, rule set. I was yeah. a bad boy Velociraptor dude, and I was a uh, DMing, but didn't really know what the fuck I was doing. So probably did it wrong. I feel like you did it right. Like from because we we did a practice round with with old uh, David Vanderhaen, and, yeah. um, and it felt like the same thing. Except you were same. much quicker. Was I? I felt like I didn't know what I was doing half the time. So maybe I just made stuff up. <laughs> I think we that's were, what we it were. Is. We were still rolling, and it felt like it was made sense. Yeah, 
I think that's what it is. Like somehow, um, Facebook and Twitter and all those these sites got a got a wind of me playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and they uh, start now that now I'm getting memes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a bunch of dungeon master memes and like, I'll, I'll send a meme to David when it kind of makes sense. But apparently the general gist of being a dungeon master is imposter syndrome and fighting through it, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. everyone like, they're like, it's always a story of, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, here we go and just go through it. And like, yeah. it's all about faking that confidence until you have it. Okay. So that makes sense that I was decent at it. That's yeah. Being a therapist is like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, when I, in my personal uh, life and career, when I face imposter syndrome, I, I, I just completely change gears and decide to quit. So I don't think I'd be a good dungeon master. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the one thing in my life that I've had confidence in is that I uh-huh. am a podcaster. Yeah, that is never that is never dropped for my personality. That has not been in doubt. No one has ever been like, Scott, you're not a podcaster. No one has ever tried to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And if they ever have. I, I would crush them. <laughs> in my hands. Yeah, I would go to their I would go to their mom's house and I would become friends with their mom. <laughs> and like me and her me and their mom would like be going out like to dinner all the time and like doing like a bunch of like activities like we're gonna go to those one of those um wine and paint mm-hmm. you know place you know those places where you drink wine and you paint yeah i would take their mom to that <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I would ingratiate myself with their mother until I learned all their little picadillos and their little their little stories. And mm-hmm. then one day, like I would have their mom drive me to their house and uh, <laughs> introduce me to their child. And like, uh, this is your new dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might not be a podcaster, according to you, <laughs> but according to your mom, I'm your father. <laughs> so go to your room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think that's a good plan? I, I I think that's how you deal with that situation, yeah. Yeah, email in if you think I'm not a podcaster, and uh, <laughs> we'll be talking to your mother shortly. But uh, speaking of Chuck Tingle, uh, I've been doing a lot of reading lately. You have? Oh, you have it's, been reading, have you? It's, it's very much in the Tingleverse. Is it? If is you, it? Is it? If you'd like a a recap or a uh, an update on that? Oh, please tell me about this literature you've been embarking <laughs> upon. So, um, he has like a proper ass novel. A proper ass level. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh, Camp Damascus, it's called. Oh, it's like, yeah, I saw that like, when I was looking for uh, looking for little gifts for you. I looked up Chuck yeah. Tingle, and it was like Camp Damascus, and I was like, Camp Damascus gets pounded in the butt, or Camp Damascus. Uh, it's like you- a legit 
novel. I went to a bookstore recently and it was there. Like really? hardcover. Fucking hardcover. Chuck, Chuck Tingle right next to Stephen King. Yeah. So what's the plot like? Is it is it butt pounding? Is it what is it? Uh well I'm about I'd say a quarter of the way through. Okay. And it's uh it's more like horror fiction. Like there's a demon involved. Um there's been a like a head twisting. Someone someone got almost decapitated, but not exactly. Um, but it's also, it seems like it's got some ties to like, uh, those, what are they called? Like conversion therapy slash like, okay. the turn you straight camps. Like okay. there's summer oh, camps oh, okay. that are like, Oh, your, your kid's gay. Send them here. We'll straighten them out. Is Chuck Tingle like, gay? Chuck Tingle believes that love is real. Yes. And that all uh, consensual forms of love are valid. I don't know about Chuck's specific sexuality. You know, uh, given his volume of novels concerning being pounded in the butt, and then also the serious take that involves a conversion therapy camp. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I don't I, want to speculate too much, but I think he's drawing from real he's, life. He's somewhere in the LGBTQ spectrum. Oh, he's probably the whole spectrum. <laughs> but he's also done like Lady Buck stories where it's just like girl on girl. It's true. Po- pounding. And, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as the love is real, there's like the theme that these, that's uh, that's what he's about. Do you think Camp Damascus, that's what the theme is? Because it seems like a serious kind of uh, novel. It's like a, not, not to say that pounding in yeah. the butt is not serious literature, mm-hmm. but it seems like a departure from his normal thing. Like, so, so like, how would you, how would you connect his normal themes? Like, like about, you know, I got pounded in the butt by a sentient elevator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how would you compare like a book like that to Camp Damascus? I can't say for sure because I'm like I'm only a quarter of the way through, um, but I think like those themes of love and and the value of love versus like the conservative morality, um, that's definitely there. Okay, makes sense. Um, so I've I've been getting into the the legitimate literature with quotes because i think all this all this stuff is legitimate but that's that, the yeah i mean commercially available commercially available tinglers right um but but also you you did send me a gift i did and it, <laughs> it happens to be themed uh classic literature a la chuck tingle mm-hmm. uh what was it six seven stories based on um based on classic works like i think the great gats butt is in there that's in um, there sexy frankenstein's in there sexy dracula um so i got to read the sexy dracula story how sexy dracula i mean that's kind of like normal dracula right well i almost can't imagine what what he would do the i, I believe the title was 
happy birthday, Dracula, pound me in the butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I can give you just kind of the, the Cliff Notes version. Okay. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, yeah, tell me the Cliff Notes of happy birthday, Dracula, pound me in the butt, please. Yeah. Um, so you know that Dracula is like a shape-shifting kind of vampire where he can turn into bat form? Yeah, he can be in a bat, yeah. Um, so that's also true in this tale. Okay. But the bat form is not like the mammal bat. It's like a baseball bat. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Dracula actually is a a baseball player in, in the minor league uh Billings Bees baseball team. Believe okay. that shit or not. The Billings Bees. The Billings Bees. Like, so honeybees kind of situation. Like fucking zombies, yo. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to, yeah, we can get some tie ins with. Maybe we should, maybe we should have Chuck Tingle write this script. Why are we, we relying on ourselves? We fucking should. Yeah, let's give him a call. He would, he would get that taint in there, no problem. And he'll probably like. Have you seen the volume of work he does? Like he's releasing a new novel like every other day. Yeah. That's kind of why I'm surprised by he Camp pound, Damascus. Pounds that shit out. Like, uh, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking myself. It's like because I'm trying to be a writer myself. I'm trying to get some mm-hmm. get a novel finished. I'm trying to write some short stories and stuff like that. But. Like, you know, it, it can be it can be a hard go at it, you know, even if you work yeah. every day. But if I focused instead on writing um, like tinglers instead mm-hmm. of, of like the things I would myself deem serious literature, mm-hmm. like I would be writing new stuff every day. I would be publishing new stuff. I would be making money. I would be I would be in the fold of the writing industry and I would be practicing my craft. Like it's way smarter. I bet camp Damascus is a fucking barn burner. I bet like it does, it does everything he's ever wanted literature to do. And so he's just been writing tinglers to kind of like get his craft going. You know, he's been writing like uh, Dracula, please pound me in the butt. You're, you're sexy baseball man. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so he can, so he can work on camp Damascus. So tell me more. So how does how does how does uh, Dracula work as a baseball player? Like, is he just a baseball player? Does he suck blood? Is he a vampire in any way, or does he suck other things? Uh, he's still a vampire, um, but okay. yeah, he's he's baseball bat form. But uh, he he plays in the minor league Billings baseball team, and uh, this individual goes to see them in minor leagues, like. They don't fill the seats, you know what I'm saying? So you can like mm-hmm. kind of mingle with the players a little bit. And uh, this particular person like had this connection with the Dracula. And uh, th- they went out for a date afterward. And uh, what else happened? There was something. Butt pounding? Butt pounding. There was butt pounding after the date, yeah. Um, I feel like there was another detail that was kind of amusing, but I can't think of it at the moment. How detailed does Chuck Tingle get during the butt pounding scenes? Is it like a major part so, of the story, or does he just like say? I was expecting, I was expecting Dracula in like baseball bat form, 
to the baseball bat would be like just kind of inserted. You're such a pervian. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you think that? Apparently the baseball bat had like a tight six pack of abs and like a huge (laughs) fucking dong also. Wait, the baseball bat had a dong? Yeah. Okay. Baseball bat Dracula. Okay. Well then like you're not even imagine you're not even imagine technically that like wouldn't even be like like a pounding or a fisting. It would it would be a heading. Like it would be like shoving your head up a orifice. If if the bat itself was going up, that would be yeah, like the heading. But like the baseball bat was like uh there's a word for this. I want to say personified, but that's not the one I'm looking for. Anthropomorphized. That's the one. (laughs) Look at us working together. (laughs) Anthropomorphized baseball bat with abs and a huge dong. So uh, bat would be like standing up straight and then the dong would be like out here and that's where you're getting pounded. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for the, this is why we do the video. Like I don't can't believe we haven't yeah. done video earlier. <laughs> Could you please explain again for the audience how the how they would experience being pounded in the uh, p- pounded by this baseball bat, Dracula? Yeah, please, so please show it again. Baseball bat, right? Yep. You got like the handle a, and the the shaft. I guess I don't know what you call that for it's baseball the, bat. the primary shaft. But it's got uh, it's got some abs, like maybe there, and then it's got a big old dong. Big Just, old dong. Getting you. Just getting you right in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's a, that's a, I'm going to try that move out later. Yeah. You know? So, okay. So that's the middle of the story. How does this story end? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that was, that was almost the end of the story, too. That was the end. Oh, I thought that was the middle. It was. It was <laughs> I was like, the there's got to be more. The person finds out that it's Dracula's birthday from like the program from the baseball game. It has yeah. their all their stats, and he's like, "Oh, it's his fucking birthday!" And they go out on the date, and he's like, tells the staff, hey, "It's his his birthday. Bring him a blood cake." And they're like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh man, that was so romantic. I'm gonna pound you in the butt." And then they. They do the the pounding and everybody comes. The end. The whole the whole restaurant. Uh, Dracula and the the partner, the the main character. Okay. Wow. See, yeah. see that that is that that proves the premise that love is real because it's just like yeah. it started out lustily, but then like with the main character's uh, thoughtfulness. Uh, Holy fuck! Actually. Dracula proposes. I don't know how Dracula had a ring. That's that is part of the story. I forgot about that completely. Dr- I was Dracula so proposed. focused on the pounding. There was a, a marriage proposal also. See, that is the that is one of probably one of the most. Uh, how do you, how do you want to say like like a positive romantic. vampire? <laughs> yeah. It's super romantic. It's uh, that does prove that love is real. That even if you are a blood sucking vampire, like if if someone remembers your birthday, you're and gonna an anthropomorphized baseball bat, anthropomorphized baseball bat with a with a giant schlong. Um, 
if someone just does something as simple as remembering your birthday and doing something nice about it, like, you know, you're not going to try mind control. You're not going to do that, even though that's possible. You're not going to turn this other person into a anthropomorphized baseball bat. You're not going to do that. You're not going to suck their blood. You're going to suck their cock forever in matrimony. <laughs> it's beautiful. Five stars, 10 out of 10. Absolutely. And there's no, there's no like butt pounding in Camp Damascus. Not yet. Not, Not in the yet. first quarter. I mean, I, I feel like if it's been a quarter way through, there's no butt pounding. You know, I mean, maybe at the halfway mo- point, but most of Happy Birthday Dracula was like about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so there, okay. there could be some butt pounding. All right. ahead. We'll see. Like, what's Happy but Birthday it's Frankenstein? It's, like, it's. It's lady characters in Camp Damascus, so it might be like uh, taco crunching. Taco crunching? Is that what he calls it, or is that an Ian Dixon creation? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, whatever you call when ladies do the thing. not It's not pounding in the butt, unless there's like... I heard, I heard tales. Pros- prosthetics from- involved. I was on the internet. Uh, I was in some random forums, and I heard tale yeah. that uh, scissoring is not a real thing that that ladies do with each other. No, it's just something invented by the porno industry. I believe that. I guess so. You know, <laughs> I mean, it does seem like a little comical. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem uh, efficient. <laughs> yeah, and like, what's the point, right? Right. I don't know. It's like it's it's I guess it's because like like do do gay people just like like slap their dicks together <laughs> over and over? <laughs> it's like the same thing, right? Right. I don't know. I live I live in a straight man's world, so all these questions are mm-hmm. constantly in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just constantly thinking about gay sex. Anyway, what's the next topic? <laughs> Well, Could what be else anything. you got planned? I got a couple of news stories I sent you. You do have a couple of news stories. Um, I've I, I've got I've got a few of them listed out right here. I've got one that you did not send me. So how about we start with that one, and then you can hit me up with your news stories. Sure. Let's see. So, uh, how much do you like artificial intelligence? Are you a fan of it? Not so far. Not so far? Well, let me tell you. Maybe you're going to like this one. Uh, a mm-hmm. supermarket app created an, uh, an artificial intelligence-based meal planner application. Mm-hmm. So, which just makes kind of makes sense for, you know, you're going to you're trying to sell groceries. Like uh let me let, let's just use artificial intelligence and then like you can make your own recipes and stuff like that. And yeah. have it real quick, lickety split. Get your get your stuff. Get out. Uh, look like a four star chef. Um, but this supermarket artificial intelligence meal planner application suggested a recipe that would create. What do you think? A souffle, uh, lobster bisque, mm, a cucumber salad. No, chlorine gas. 
<laughs> Lovely. Turns out you can make chlorine gas from a supermarket ingredients also. That's, that's something. Yeah, it's, I, I don't think it's real complicated, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do I you think, make chlorine I think you gas? Can, you can do it accidentally with cleaning products. Yeah. If you mix like ammonias and uh, like bleach, that's not good. Let's see. I think it's must, mustard gas more so. I, I don't know. I don't know what chlorine gas uh, specifically would be like in terms of, but. You, should we should we tell our Scott Castigators how to make you chlorine sh- you gas? You should not. You should use one cleaning product at a time. You should not mix things that are, have uh, caustic chemicals in them. I mean, look, but I don't get it. Why not? Like, if you are going to be making, like, if you want to make a good meal, you got to mix things together. If you want to be nutritious, you got to mix things together. If you want to be super clean, you got to mix things together, right? It follows. Um, so, yeah, like, the, like you can just look up how to make chlorine gas on Google. And a lot of people want to make chlorine gas for some reason. But uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> it, is, it is a popular pastime. <laughs> so let's see. A New Zealand supermarket experimented with using AI to generate meal plans. And it has seen its app produce unusual dishes, including uh, chlorine gas, poison bread sandwiches, and mosquito repellent roast potatoes. Okay. You know what? I'm actually pro AI in this case. You are. I feel like if you are using AI to come up with a recipe that you should like vet it and be like, does that sound like a good idea? And if you think this shit sounds like a good idea and you die from it, that's kind of on you. And that's like, uh, you know, natural selection at this stage of our evolution, of our technological evolution. We got to do something to call the herd. Yeah. We got to do something, especially with AI coming in, taking all our jobs. There's not a lot of, a lot left for us to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, you want to be an artist? Well, can you beat this thing that you can just, you can just tell it to make something? Probably not. Get on the picket line, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to you want to be a writer? The only writer who makes money these days is Chuck Tingle because AI can't talk about diddling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so he's like the richest writer now. <laughs> he's the only one still selling. Um, and uh, you want to try your hand at being Gordon Ramsay? Well, we're going to suggest three recipes for you. Two of them have poison gas involved. You want to make that? Do it. Do it, you know. Take the take the label off of paint cans saying "Do not eat," stuff like that. So you sent me a few that I'm excited about. Uh, one involves a snake. One involves Pink Floyd, and another involves Mountain Dew. Yeah, I think the the Pink Floyd one uh, relates to AI. In, in a kind of a way, mm-hmm. and that it was uh, devised from digital data. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sort it's of like it's like AI. They used a computer. Yeah. <laughs> so well, uh, 
It's a little scary when you when you add AI to the mix with what this is. So tell us tell us what happened with with this. So scientists uh, they were working on figuring out how they could like help deaf folks regain some like uh, hearing you know sensory input um but not just like how how does the ear respond but like how does the brain respond to sound right yeah cuz sometimes the ear is just fine is but something's going on with the brain that right. that creates deafness yeah and there's different areas of our brain that like process different sorts of sound so like there's a language center and there's like the you know the parts that light up when you listen to music and so mm-hmm. they they had people go into I don't know what specific scan it was. It was probably like a cat scan or something along those lines. And they played another brick in the wall part one. Um, so they did this with like a bunch of different subjects and they kind of mapped how does everybody's brain respond and they conglomerated the results and were like what if we wanted to send that signal to someone's brain, what would it sound like? And they made a f- sound file. And I don't know. If, so uh, like they Michael... can, they can import this song into people's brains. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're saying? Do you think we could do that with Scott cast? We can re- recreate what, like the brain respond, the brain responds to Scottcast, and then like you don't even have to be listening to Scottcast; it would just be you're receiving Scottcast. I think this has been an old dream of ours, and it's actually finally coming into fruition. It's an interesting thought because I think different brains respond differently, and this right. is like an an aggregate approximation, right? Cause, like, like so, like you listen to another brick in the wall, right? And like, mm-hmm. how do you like Pink Floyd? You big into Pink Floyd? I like Pink Floyd. I don't think that's my favorite song of theirs, or like right? A, it's like a, it's like their even hit that song. album. Like I mean, that's it's a classic album, but it, I think they have better work. So like, imagine like someone imported your brain responding to it, like like yeah. like it's like just some old grandma <laughs> nah, who's never whatever. heard of it, and like, that she's all of a sudden super picky about it. <laughs> like, has all these opinions. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, the human element is like, um, some people are going to listen at a more like visceral place, and they're just responding to the the rhythms and the the cadence of it. And some people are like very uh, cerebral about it and dissecting the lyrics. And what does this mean for late stage capitalism? Mm. Right. Like, <laughs> well, what does it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know, but like we're, we're interpreting things differently based on like our experiences. And so uh, it's an intriguing study. I think that would be just a cool thing to like do just for the fuck of it. Get a, get a song imported. Yeah. Or just like an aggregate of how different people process the song. If you could listen to like, what if you could listen to the same song through different people's ears 
and like maybe okay. it would be very close, but there would be like slight differences. And then you listen to this aggregate, and it's like so completely different. And so they did release some clips in the um, article. I don't know if my mic is good enough to like pick this up. I think my phone. My phone is good enough to transfer this to my mic, but it's like a 15 second clip. Um, so there's, hold on. So, so they, like they, there's, they recorded there's, the recording of the recording through the brain. There's two clips. One is an excerpt from the reconstructed song based on the aggregate of 29 patients. And one is the excerpt of the reconstructed song based on a single patient. Okay. Oh, I, oh, like okay. To, so would you like to listen to like one person's information versus 30 people's information? Yeah, let's get this going. Okay. Do you want to start with the single patient or the aggregate? Let's go with single patient and then we'll go aggregate. Okay. That's so creepy. It's like you can kind of hear him talking. Mm-hmm. And and like you can hear wall. I think you can hear that pretty well. Yeah. But like it just sounded like Peter Frampton in the fucking talk box. <laughs> maybe that maybe that person just loves Peter Frampton a lot. And he was just like, what if Peter Frampton did this? <laughs> yeah. All, All right, right. So that was the, that was the single patient. Here, here comes patient. 20, 29 patients. Okay. Aliens are real. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's like this is a weird, a weird future, don't you think? Do you, don't it's you think? It's a weird time. It's a some, crazy time to be alive. Something is broken. <laughs> I just gotta say, something broke in our timeline. We are not the primary universe. We are like in a comic book universe. We're one of those weird ones that shows up for five seconds, mm-hmm. and people are like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> that's a, really that's how you go. okay and then like they go on with their main storyline where everything's fucking normal mm-hmm. uh, this is i don't know man i don't know i mean like, the, that could that could be inter- better it could be a better recording it could be i you think know. it's interesting that the the aggregate got more focused as opposed to more uh, distal. You know, like maybe, maybe it's the method they took to get the aggregate. Like uh, maybe they're, they're just yeah. looking for the commonalities between 29 people and then shaving mm-hmm. off the outliers. Yeah. Instead of just straight up adding it to it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know their methods. Do I look like a goddamn brain researcher? <laughs> I've got a podcast, right. bro. I'm so, a podcaster. Like, is that is that going to help uh, deaf people 
appreciate music. I don't know. That's good. But gonna... I, think, I think it's just it's just a cool fucking idea. So. Look, it's on its way. And uh like that's like it's like the first photograph, right? You know, you like you take a look at the first photograph and like the oldest known photograph, it's just like the a picture of like an Italian plaza or something like that just outside. And it just looks like a bunch of weird shapes and stuff. It kind of reminds you of Silent Hill. You think fucking pyramid heads about to show up and start, you know, pr- telling you love is real in a very brutal way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it portends what we have now where we have like incredible definition. We're able to take pictures, uh, instantly with with our little pocket devices we were able to send it across the universe and like that took us a hundred years everything's going quicker now in a year i guarantee you that there will be no more mp3s we're not going to be podcasting with an rss feed we're not going to be recording with microphones like we're just going to be like i'm going to call you up Ian, and we're going to be like Okay, hook yourself up to the brain reading device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, we're just going to sit quietly and think at each other for like an hour. And then, like, that's going to be 50 episodes of Scott Cass. Nice. You know, and it's going to be automatically done with all the sound effects perfectly mixed. And like, and then we're going to go back to our sleep pods where we have mm-hmm. robots that suck our penises cool one year (laughs) (laughs) that's my prediction based on uh based on nvidia stock price yeah and this news article okay uh at me in a year if that hasn't happened and i will give every listener 50 Mm dollars which by then will be worth 20 cents inflation well uh I think I have just the story to <laughs> knock down your your expectations about the human race. <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about why I shouldn't be so optimistic about our technological future. Uh, why cannot we have like <laughs> in what in what universe is it bad to dream of a robot that sucks your penis while you sleep? Because that's the kind of world I want to live in. I want to live in a kind of world where fellatio is given to every man and and woman. <laughs> if they go that way, I don't know. And we all go to sleep with a little bit more somnolence, a little bit more peace. And when we wake up in the morning and get another one, we go to work and everyone's happy. You know, this is a world that needs therapists not to process bad emotions, but to organize how many happy thoughts we have. (laughs) And that's the kind of future that I want to live in. Don't you want to live in that future, Ian? Where my job would be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down. Yeah. It's not perfect. Yeah, you have to keep reminding people that. (laughs) To bring people down. (laughs) Thanks to the blowjob machine. (laughs) 
you know, I, I would, uh, that would be an honor if that, if that was what was needed. <laughs> you know, you'd be glad to shift your responsibilities yeah. for, for such a future. Yeah. Uh, anywho. Anyways, that's not going to happen. And you've got a reason why. <laughs> Florida woman accused of killing roommate douses herself in Diet Mountain Dew to Diet erase DNA. To erase DNA evidence. Okay. Okay. Uh, did you read the article? Do you know all the facts in the case? I sure did. It is <laughs> a story. Is did it? Did you read it? I I I got as far as Diet Mountain Dew to erase <laughs> DNA, and like I purchased a bunch just in case, you know. <laughs> like like, did she get caught because of DNA, or did the Diet Mountain Dew do its job? Let me tell you, I'm just going to read the fucking story. Okay. Because she wasn't fooling anybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Upon being located and questioned by authorities, a bloodstained Florida woman suspected of murdering her roommate poured Diet Mountain Dew all over herself in an attempt to erase DNA evidence from her body. So authorities showed up. She was covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> and then she was like, can I have a Mountain Dew? Yo, yo, yo. That's not blood. That's code red. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's, the, that's, that's just the whole story. Like, like she was caught red-handed. I mean, there's, there's details. Like first responders came to the home. Uh... Clothes on the second floor had been set on fire. After extinguishing the flames, firefighters found 79-year-old victim who appeared to suffer a blunt force trauma to the back of the head and stab wounds. Okay. So, like, is there like a precedent where Diet Mountain Dew does anything with with biological material? Like, and why Diet Mountain Dew? Was that yeah? Was that um, decided upon? Like, like was she just like, like the normal Mountain Dew will not do. It's too much calories. I I I, th- I think uh, this woman probably watched a lot of like CSI and thought, you know, those black lights Mountain Dew is pretty like bright colored. Maybe they they wouldn't be able to detect blood if they. If it was also like. A neon liquid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. She watched those CSI shows, but she wasn't yeah. paying much attention. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the knife from the stabbing was found on top of the suspect's cell phone, who was a tenant in the building. Um, police tracked her down. She was found barefoot with blood on her legs outside of a restaurant. Police were like, yo, what's up? And she dropped a knife and a hammer when they approached. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, look, this she is like one of those situations is like, 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 I'm not. Look, I don't approve of what she did. Mm-hmm. But she is fucking up so hard, I kind of want to <laughs> help her. 
right <laughs> just like, like like if you wanted to hide it there's some steps you could have took yeah it's just beforehand like, like i in no way endorse murdering your roommate and i in no way want this person to like go free but like she's fucking up so hard i just i'm just like look i can do this so much better just fucking listen to me <laughs> like don't just carry around the weapon with you until you get caught yeah. in the back of a restaurant pouring Mountain Dew down your shirt. Mountain Dew is not. She, she makes a, a correct step later in the story. But first, um, she denies her affiliation with the victim as well as her living situation, but eventually told police that she did live in the building, but only went to the second floor that day to feed her spiders. Oh, boy. She's got spiders, huh? <laughs> and she specified a floor, which is suspicious. Um, police asked about the weapons she dropped, and she demanded a lawyer. There, there you go. She did a, a right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Poor lawyer who gets this. <laughs> so what? You said everything, right? Yeah, you said it all. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, my phone did a thing. What's your phone do? I don't know. It's doing pop-ups and weird stuff. Is it covered in blood with a murder weapon on top of it? Uh, okay, so they can't just like... I mean, they probably could have detained her, but uh, she demanded a lawyer and whatever. They They had to get a warrant to test the DNA on her body. This is when she requests the Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> she requests... Oh, my... Wait a minute. Okay. So she's she's being questioned by police. She's covered in blood. She's like, I need a Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> Diet. Diet. <laughs> like... Why diet? Like, wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you want the full force of Mountain Dew if you're going to try to use it to wipe away DNA evidence? You don't want some watered down Mountain Dew, diet Mountain Dew. So she requested it from the police. This yes. diet Mountain Dew. Yes. Specifically, diet Mountain Dew, and they complied. They were like, "Okay, here's diet Mountain Dew for you." Right. All right, let me see if I can get a version of this story that doesn't fuck up my phone. She poured the soda all over her body and hair in an attempt to interfere with possible evidence, according to an affidavit. Okay. An attempt to interfere. Mm-hmm. Which became evidence in itself. But her, her DNA is on the knife. <laughs> right. So, yeah. yeah. She's like, hey, can I have that <laughs> knife and a cup of Diet Mountain Dew? Like a bucket. Can I get a bucket of Diet Mountain Dew? Yeah. <laughs> like, let me look it up. I'm going to look it up. Can Diet Mountain Dew... I'm, I'm going to ask ChatGPT. You mind if I bring up ChatGPT? I know you hate... Sure. Uh, you know, I hate AI. We, we're going to get, we're about to give out some bad legal advice to people. Yeah. 
Can you destroy DNA with diet mountain? <laughs> Let's see. Wow, this is a lot. This is a lot of information. Uh, it's interesting. It's first off, ChatGPT knows my name by now, and it says, "Hey, Scott." It's interesting that you're wondering about the effects of Diet Mountain Dew on DNA. <laughs> Did you do something? I've contacted 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've detected that you are in Argentina, and we've <laughs> contacted the local authorities. They will be there shortly. <laughs> so while Diet Mountain Dew itself isn't likely to directly destroy DNA, there are a few factors to consider. DNA is a complex... Uh, molecule. I'm I'm trying to go quickly through this. It gave me like a fucking mm. essay. Yeah. Artificial sweeteners uh, such as aspartame, which is commonly used in Diet Mountain Dew, have been studied for their effects on health. Uh, and it's safe. So there's no way it causes DNA damage just drinking it. Because wouldn't that be cancer causing then? Like if it destroyed you DNA in contact? so. Yeah. If... if- <laughs> <laughs> it would uh it would fuck you up pretty good if you drank it if yeah, it, it's like it instant stomach DNA. cancer <laughs> <laughs> and like we just keep selling it <laughs> look people like the flavor mm-hmm. um but hey you know chat gtp has a thought though let's delve into the concept of oxidative stress this is like having david on the cast <laughs> nice because he's like, it's just like, let's dive into the topic of oxidative stress. That sounds like something he would do to us. This Except is where we can, we can take a moment to ponder without being interrupted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but we don't get puns. It won't do. It won't do puns. Mm. Uh, so you know, got to take with take with it what you will. Yeah. So, oxidative stress is where there's an imbalance between reactive oxygen species often referred to as free radicals, sounds cool, and the body's ability to neutralize them with antioxidants. I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. High levels of oxidative stress can potentially lead to DNA damage. Now, Diet Mountain Dew. Some (laughs) studies have suggested that excessive consumption of sugary or artificially sweetened beverages might contribute to oxidative stress. So, in a roundabout way, she could have been right. It would have taken a lot longer, though, and probably would need uh, an active biological system as opposed to, like... (laughs) Can you imagine her, like, talking to her... Like, talking to her lawyer, being like, it would have caused oxidative stress eventually. (laughs) (laughs) My idea was solid. I just didn't have enough time. (laughs) (laughs) So, while Diet Mountain Dew isn't itself likely to destroy DNA, it's important to think about your overall diet and lifestyle choices. If you're concerned about your health, consider moderation in consuming diet sodas and pay attention to a well-rounded diet. So, there it is. Nice. I'm into it. I'm into it. That's swell that... uh Chat GPT thought you were asking about like your DNA, <laughs> your Good. health. Thank consuming. you. <laughs> no, I wasn't talking about covering up a murder weapon. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would do that? It's stupid. 
<laughs> now, now ask it for a recipe and see if it poisons you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's see. Um, new chat. Um, what kind of recipe should we do that might lead it to giving us poison? Oh, can I make a, a salad? Chicken. How about this? Can I make a salad with wolfsbane? There you go. Uh, it's pretty much. Uh, let's it's see. Be a big, big nope. <laughs> In, let's just go to the conclusion. In conclusion, while wolfsbane is not suitable for salad making <laughs> <laughs> due to toxicity. There are many exciting opportunities for you to explore and integrate your interests. Um, so it's telling me I should make some dinosaur recipes because I have a dinosaur website. It's telling me I should write a book about Wolfsbane. Mm-hmm. And, oh, since you're into podcasting, have you considered creating a podcast episode about the fascinating world of Wolfsbane? Let's do that. Do you want to do a whole ass series on Wolfsbane? Just like I don't, I don't know if we can, but I'll try. Oh, we should, we should. Yeah. Brown one will subscribe. Finally, hell yeah, she will. <laughs> <laughs> like I, like I would like to see. Like we'll just keep bringing on like guests who happen to have wolfsbane in their gardens. Mm-hmm. And yeah. let's be honest, that's going to be an eclectic group of people. <laughs> and so, like, we'll delve into their other interests, and like, we'll ask them. Say you murdered a guy. How would you destroy the DNA evidence? And go. Like, that's the Diet one question Mountain we ask Dew? everyone. Diet Mountain Like, see how many times... We'll have a tally. How many people? <laughs> how many times people mention Diet Mountain Dew? It's going to be... It's going to be 80%. Yeah. I guarantee it. So, man... We're approaching the end of the episode. This is a video podcast, so we can't mm-hmm. we can't we can't just garble up around. We can't just dick around for another four hours. We're not. Yeah. I'm not going to break my back over this podcast. I I do that for D and D. That's right. Oh, by the way, D and D, our sneaky D and D, hosted by uh, our favorite co-host besides Ian, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a live streamed thing that I did not know when we were yeah. t- recording it last. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing that's happening. Apparently, yeah, we're being live streamed on Twitch TV. Um, ask David for the link. I'm not going to bother, but uh, please watch us live uh, role play. I guess you know it's not sexy role play, and like I mm. keep like like. I'm, I explain this to Julio all the time. It's just like, like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do this thing with my friends. They're role playing, and she's just like, "You're cheating me!" I'm like, no, 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 it's a different kind of role play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not that kind. Yeah, absolutely Although, not sexy. Uh, my uh, my Bigfoot might get kind of sexy. He's good. You're gonna try to get him, make him. Sexy. I'm gonna sneak it in there. A little sticky, a little sticky. Sasquatch D. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, so you guys should check it out. We're going to be streaming Monday night. I'll try to get this episode up this weekend. Uh, maybe tomorrow even. Maybe even tonight. Because, like, what else am I doing? Yeah. What, like, what am I going to do? Go to the go to the club? That's not me. 
It's not my thing. Edit, edit all this audio and video. Make sure it syncs up. Fuck editing. Straight up raw. Because <laughs> that's who that's who we are. We're raw, okay. we're real, and we're esoteric. That's exactly what this episode's been. What would you cut? If you had to cut one thing from this episode, what would you cut? I was fumbling around with that Florida woman story a little bit, trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. You think? You're self-conscious. I'd have tightened that up a little bit, but I, I other barely than that, detected that. It's been uh, it's been pretty solid, smooth. We're we're pretty much professional podcasters. Without the money, one could, one could say that. Yes. Uh, maybe we should do an Amazon advertisement. Is sure. there is there a product we could pimp right now? Uh go buy Chuck Tingle's book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's pimp that. Camp Damascus. Camp Damascus by Chunk Tingle. Uh, he's the Ascot Fitzgerald of our generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's speaking the voice that we so desperately need. Um, if you want to read a book that not only tells you like the soul and wit of our people, but gets you horny. A little, it's a little horny. It's about a bunch of lesbians. Uh, get Chuck Tingle's Camp Damascus. What's the word Damascus from? Isn't I'm I, it's ringing a bell, but I don't know what bell. It's uh, an ancient city in the Middle East. Uh, I know there's a Bible reference to Damascus. Uh, is Saul from Damascus? I don't know. I don't. I don't honestly know. Damascus. I've had several beers. I might have known if I was sober. Let's look up Damascus. Uh, Damascus is not only the capital city of Syria, but also one of the oldest continuously inhabited cities in the world with a rich and fascinating history that spans millennia. So it's a little much to just say a bunch of it right now. Yeah. I know there's some biblical relevance, but uh, I can't put my finger on it. You can't finger the biblical relevance? No. What is Syria? Is it is it Sodom and Gomorrah kind of situation? I couldn't say. Um, couldn't say. That's kind of weird. That's, uh, I don't know. I don't want to extend the pod too much. I was having thoughts about... Extend the pod, my, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> my Catholic school upbringing this morning that woke me up and like wait you you were woken out of a sound sleep by Catholic <laughs> school twenty years later yeah kinda yeah tell me what happened man get it out um can we pause I need might need another beer <laughs> okay go get a beer we'll pause <laughs> okay and we're and we're back. I have been like he Ian just gave me like a humdinger of a cliffhanger where where he woke up in the middle of the night thinking about his Catholic school upbringing from 20 years ago. I've been sweating mm-hmm. profusely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to expect. This is a Scott cast exclusive. Please, Ian, take the stage. 
Uh, I'm not even sure how it started, honestly. It felt like there was a a specific thought that was very upsetting, and then I like explored either side of that thought. Okay, so how did it get triggered? Was it like just completely random? Like you were having a nice sound sleep? You had cats yeah, all around like you I, kind I of thing? I kind of woke up and I was like, boy, that's fucking weird. Um, And I don't know what prompted it, honestly. Uh, I started thinking about like how some people that I grew up with in like my Catholic school days are like uh, pretty still with that lifestyle, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) This is all about the JC. And I'm like, dang, how did that happen? Because my experience was so like, I don't know if I would be so uh, what's the word I want? I don't know if I would be so critical of the church if I hadn't been brought up in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, you, you've had experiences. Maybe it was it was because I was reading Camp Damascus, I guess. And I was like, man, you know, that was that's fucked that's up. a good point. That's probably <laughs> that's probably an influence right there. Mm-hmm. But uh, so, like, what? So, like, you were laying in bed, you were thinking of these mm-hmm. people. I don't know. You keep up with them on Facebook or something. Yeah, and they're like they're fine folks, I suppose. But like, uh, there's one in particular that he's like constantly posing with Ferraris and like crucifixes. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off. Um, okay. Yeah, like his. If you were to um, just look at his profile and like judge what he's about. It's like, boy, he was really into Jesus and cars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like growing up, he was like just kind of a nor like average all round. He kind of reminded me of like a Bart Simpson. Like he's got like a mischievous nature, but he's like got a good heart. He's not like an asshole or anything, but he's like kind of a gets in trouble. Okay. He wouldn't strike me as like Oh man, I love Jesus. You know? Yeah, I've 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 had a lot of that uh in my Facebook feed myself. It's just like these people who I don't know for some reason they find they they, they find religion and like they, they get mm-hmm. real public and vocal about it. Does this person have a family perchance? I don't know. Like kids and stuff? Possibly. I I haven't uh checked up on them in a minute. Yeah, it's just cars. all right but uh i i don't know i guess i i was wondering how that sort of thing happens and remembering like my religious education and uh how like i feel like i got pretty uh what's the word J- jaded i guess or like her pretty early on okay yeah i mean like what uh, so like something jaded you and it was obviously some kind of a deep jadedness that didn't prop up in like the bart simpson tie in i think it was like they would have like 
man, fuck, we must have been like maybe second, third grade. And we had like these workbooks we had to do. And it was like just stupid philosophical questions that like if you really thought about it, you couldn't answer as uh, an adult maybe <laughs> definitely not as a, like a second grader. I was like, how do we know God's true? It's like, well, Descartes couldn't figure it out. And I would just like make up answers that sounded good. Right. And my teachers would be like, Oh, that's so good. And I was Eight like, no. I was like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any fucking sense. That you knew it didn't make sense like, in second yeah. grade. It's like, how do we know if God's true? Like, would there be puppies if there was no God? <laughs> they were like, infallible logic. Honestly, though, you got a point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, young Ian had a point. <laughs> like, if there wasn't a God, puppies would be like these disgusting hell creatures that just yeah. like... That just like their organs all inverted out of their body and like pulsing and like spewing vomit. It'd be like a Cronenberg. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what Cronenberg is. This is if God wasn't real. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So like what, what woke you up about this? Like you were like, like you're just wondering like why, why like these questions bothered you, but they didn't bother other people. Yeah, I think that was that was the basis of it. And you woke you up from a sound ass sleep. Mm-hmm. I mean, you under, I mean, you've gotten by now. You've understood. You've done enough Scott casts at least to learn that people don't believe anything. They just do. They just say. They just. They're just machines. They're not even machines. They're dogs chasing after ice cream trucks. There's no, there's no thought. There's never been a thought behind anything I've done on this podcast. It's all just, what's the next, what's the next soundbite, you know? Right. And that's what these people are doing. Like that's their whole life. That's why they can go from being Bart Simpson to posting about cars and Jesus. It's just whatever makes sense to their worldview and their 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 comfort level at the moment, you know, like. Who's bothered by universal truth? We we like to bother ourselves about it because it's a complex little riddle. It's almost a puzzle to us. Like we've mm-hmm. been told our whole lives we're smart, but then we 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 tackle these topics and we're just we're we, and we come up with nothing. Whereas where's where where's fucking Bart Simpson's confident as all get out? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then that does, there's something there about it, but like the idea is for me, it's like they're not thinking. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a fruitless uh, endeavor to worry about it. One might say to think is fruitless, (laughs) (laughs) to live is fruitless. Yeah. Unless you eat plenty of fruit, but you know, like, so, like, what, what was the bother though? Like, cause, like, you, cause you said that you woke up and like you were like, you were in a sweat and a tizzy, 
you you look you looked yourself in the mirror and 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 like you looked deeply into your aged face and you were like this yeah i mean i i guess i was just relating to the tingle verse and like uh it was sort of a i guess the hypocrisy of it you know like I remember we we took like the uh, fucking those tests that rate your critical thinking skills, and I was always like, "Ooh, ninety ninth percentile." But then I would like apply those skills to the religion class, and they'd send me to the uh, counselor's office. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, he's he's thinking too much. I don't know. So that that part of it, I guess, it was uh what got me it's just tribal I feel like one of our uh, one of our priests got in trouble for some shit like diddling not children not legally children but okay. young men young men okay sure sure who were also selling him meth <laughs> interesting okay so I wouldn't even call that diddling that's just a full on transaction that's uh yeah i mean it was it was a consenting adult thing i would have been cool with it if it was not someone who worked in that capacity right so like that was like someone who taught you like was it a religious class teacher did you were you under his tutelage at some point our our uh pastor straight up pastor Yeah. Was, oh, he was Mister. He was Mister Man about town. He was. Did he? Get, I bet he gave buying. energetic sermons. He did. He. Uh, <laughs> well, I I can't remember exactly which one it was. I think it was the one who like he would. There would be like songs parts of the mass, and like his voice always cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and we gave him shit about it like not to not to his fucking face but like everybody was like his voice cracked and then his like (laughs) nose started bleeding (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay well you know it is a weird profession to be a pastor be to have that kind of like like it's a weird moral weight it's a weird like you know, like this is my flock, and this is my my flock is for God, and if yeah. you believe in God for sure, like that's super heavy, and if you don't, it's even more heavy. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's crazy. So it's like, I mean, I can, I could see a guy getting into hard drugs, being a pastor kind of situation. Mm-hmm. I almost I almost don't even I almost don't even like blame that guy, you know, for his for his like dilettante. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't give a fuck if he was like soliciting male prostitutes uh just any other profession really Yeah it's none of my business they're consenting adults they're engaging in a financial exchange that's that's cool Mhm but it's like you're a catholic priest <laughs> 
And these are people in his congregation that he was purchasing uh, services from? I don't know. I, I doubt it. Mm. I'm okay. sure they were like external like sex workers, but uh, either way, like that's uh, that's problematic based on just the messages you give, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Cause like he's, he'd be castigating somebody in one moment and then, and then, uh, you know, imbibing in the other, well, maybe he was real forgiveness focused and he's just like, <laughs> cause like, I remember like, like I was doing my own critical thinking, but like my critical thinking uh, at the time was, was more along the lines of, uh, like, so I don't want to go to hell. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the worst possible thing to happen. So let's not do that. <laughs> and what do I got to do? And like, a, you know, according to my understanding of the doctrine, it was just like, as long as with your final breath, you ask for forgiveness for everything. Mm-hmm. You're good. But you got to keep doing it, you know, because you're going to keep fucking up. Yeah. So maybe if if this guy's if this is this guy's opinion on the situation, then he's just like, look, I can get some prosties. I can do a little meth. Uh, I I don't think that's. Uh, I don't know. If I was if I was running things, that wouldn't fly. No, you want to you want to allow like prostitution? I mean, I don't, I don't. That's not a problem for me. So that no, be... you as you, but you as Catholic priest Ian, Father Ian. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another good title for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, you can't gamble on like that last second forgiveness that you have to put forth effort throughout. Like, yeah, you're going to fuck up, but like, you can't just be like, I'm going to do a lot of bad shit and then I'm going to ask for forgiveness and then it's going to be good. That's how it seemed to me to be the case though. It's like, that seems to be the deal that was outlined in the whole book. Like, another big way to look at it yeah another big point they say is that like look you're never going to be perfect you're never going to be good enough you never can do this you can't it's impossible standard to reach so i'm like that is true why am i trying (laughs) if every moment and every day is filled with imperfection then why am i judging this imperfection over that imperfection and 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 like Mm -hmm. that's just society I'm a dude. So, I'm I'm pro meth preacher. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't have a problem with uh, drug use per se. Right. I mean, you know, Motrin is a drug. Ibuprofen, mm-hmm. alcohol. I don't even like. You know, I'm not going to judge somebody who's done meth. That's the kind of shit that can get out of hand pretty quick. And if you're working with kids, it's probably not great. Working with kids and doing math. Yeah, that's a little line I draw. Probably you know, not good. Like, I don't like to, I'm, I'm not trying to be, like, if I'm hanging out with my nieces over in Nebraska, I'm not trying to be totally sloshed. 
<laughs> you know, right? You don't want to you don't want to present that kind of face to uh, to an impressionable ten year old, right? Yeah. Um, but that's I feel like uh that's that's where my morality and the church's morality are sort of different in that like. There's certain things that are wrong no matter what to them. And like, I view it more based on like, does this harm anyone? And if it doesn't. You got your own moral moral strictures. You've got like that. Yeah. If it doesn't, I I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. You're like a manual cunt. It's like, it's, uh, if it's, you universalize it. That's how you say it. Like, I, and I was honestly. <laughs> like I had a philosophy teacher in college that was just like, "Look, this guy's German. It's spelled K A N T. It's pronounced cunt." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Look, you're teaching me cunt right now, and <laughs> I'm not going to say no to the way you're teaching it. I'm learning about uh, the law of universal mm-hmm. universalizability. The you know all the little different le- logical." Ethical arguments so you're, that I made. You're calling me a cunt right now. I'm calling you cuntian. <laughs> Another good title. <laughs> this is going to be difficult in the editing room. Just deciding on the title. Mm-hmm. I don't need to cut. I don't need to cut anything. But boy, is the title going to be difficult today. <laughs> so, like, so. I, I want to end this podcast at the very least, like trying to make you feel better about whatever it is that you were feeling bad about. It seems like, yeah. it seems like the thing that you were feeling bad about was like, was like, why don't these other people have these same problems that I do? Was that it? Like with the, with the church. Cause they're like, they're, they're continuing the stuff, even though it seems like at the time, I almost feel like extrapolating a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is not a feeling of cognitive dissonance that you're experiencing because you're well set in your beliefs and like mm-hmm. confident in them. What well, you're feeling is betrayal. Maybe. I think that's exactly what it is. Cause like these were like this Bart Simpson folk. <laughs> Right, like these were like your buddies at the time, and like maybe, maybe their attitude gave you the intellectual attitude to apply like this cognitive thinking in, in radical ways that got you out of mm-hmm. the church. And now you're looking at them like, wait, you didn't fucking leave too? I fucking walked the gangplank, and like you're still on the boat, you stupid bitch. <laughs> it's betrayal, man. That's what I mm-hmm. think you're feeling. That's what kept you up. Maybe. And you need to let go because these people aren't even worth it. That's true. You found your you found the right team. You're on Team Scott Cast. <laughs> Did I tell you the uh the story about my prayer teacher in high school before? <laughs> tell me the but, story uh, about your prayer teacher. Uh <clears throat> so we had prayer class. It was like a mandatory thing. Uh, I was, I mean, into my high school years, I was quite the rebel. I was, uh, definitely vocal about my, 
my disbelief and I made some appeals to not do the assignments because I felt like it would be disingenuous and kind of like uh, mocking. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can do it without like, you know, putting out a tone. Yeah. Um, but that was around the time that uh, Passion of the Christ came out. <laughs> did and you guys like, do a did you guys do a class field trip to the cinema? We sure fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, uh, my my prayer teacher wanted to wanted real hard to like be scientific about the passion and all the suffering that Jesus went through for us. Um, but she got like uh, I'll say she got too enthusiastic and maybe mm. projected some of her fantasies onto the Christ figure. Fantasies. Um, so she was talking about like physiologically what would happen if you were being whipped with a flagel flage what are those flagely the thing with the the whips with all the ends and the sharp bits on the ends I like to call them a cat of nine tails cuz then you don't what, have to say for sure. whatever that word is yeah we've all we've all we all know what that is you know yeah. you go to you go to your you go to your lady's house and you go into that one dark room and you put your hands mm-hmm. in the cuffs and then she comes over and she's like you've been a naughty boy <laughs> <laughs> you know <Right. laughs> yeah everyone's gone through that <laughs> everybody knows about that <laughs> yeah that's like uh tuesday right all right so what go on like why what does she project upon them so she's like, you know, when you're, they're whipping him and they're tearing his flesh off and there's all this blood flow and like he would have been nude because they would have wanted to humiliate him and all the blood's flowing and his big throb and dong. <laughs> she was like, he would definitely have an erection during this whipping he was getting. And if he was any sort of God, it wouldn't just be like an average erection. It would be like a fucking big throb and dong. <laughs> Wait, did she specify because he was a deity? No, that it would have been a great that was, dong. <laughs> that was a little bit of a hyperbole on my part, but she, she definitely only mentioned the erection. She was very specific that he would definitely have an erection. And you would definitely be nude. Definitely nude with an erection. Yes. Being flagellated. Flagellated? This was her claim, yes. Okay. And uh, so how did you respond as a young man? Um, Did you get an erection? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I can't say my uh, specific response. It It was like fucking 20 years ago. But uh, I definitely was like, nope, <laughs> that seems like not factual information because blood flow would go to wounds and not to your boner because that doesn't make any sense. This is one of the things I got sent to the uh, counselor's office for. <laughs> <laughs> 
see, like, like, okay, I want to know what what does the counselor say? Like, he didn't have fucking shit to say. He didn't know what yeah. to do. Yeah, he got sent there because she got offended because she was just like, oh, I was, yeah. I thought I was throwing a real humdinger in there, <laughs> and then not, <laughs> I'm getting my erection facts corrected by this snotty teenager. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the counselor's got to be like, just let the lady talk. it was something along those lines yeah he's like just 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 go back to class get through it whatever yeah look kid (laughs) goose go (laughs) yeah in my uh my elder wisdom i would have pointed out that she was definitely projecting a fantasy of her own uh to the the christ figure and rather than following science but I don't think I was, I don't think I was uh, sharp enough for that at the moment. Yeah. Would you have, would you have tried to like go to Ron being like, how hard was it? <laughs> how long do you think it was? One hand or two hands? <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard he, I heard he has got a lot of endurance. How much endurance <laughs> do you think he has? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly what is he passionate about <laughs> oh boy he, he hung out with a lot of dudes man a lot of dudes that's true and one lady one lady one lady yeah one lady um with the same name as his mother Let's get into that. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I'm 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 just gonna make sure that. Thankfully, this is a two-hour podcast, and uh, you don't think anyone's gonna get too far past the hour mark. No, I believe plenty of people will, and yeah. uh, that's fine. I just don't want my mom to. <laughs> don't share this with my mother yeah <laughs> like Joe Roach he likes to listen to the Scott Cats I mm. feel like uh, you know he, he's got his own set of beliefs but you know he's a respectable man and he enjoys the comedy stylings of uh, Thou and I and uh, you know Joe this is not one to share <laughs> <laughs> this is between us <laughs> Uh, that's part of my conundrum is like, I don't have any uh, necessarily like bad feelings to individuals of faith. No, no, I, I do, I guess have bad feelings to institutions of faith. Right. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Like, like, yeah, I kind of got like, I get vibes. I get vibes from like pastors yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, like you, like a pastor would have to prove himself immensely to me for me to be like, this is just a genuine dude doing what he thinks is right. Right. You know? And, uh, and like people of normal faith that like they do this Sunday thing, they've got, I find that it's mostly people with kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, they don't want to lose something of their heritage. So, so they, so they do the Christmas Easter. They'll, they'll go, They'll they'll have runs going to Sunday every day, well every mm-hmm. week, 
And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's, it's, yeah. it's community. That's absolutely. You know? But yeah, the, yeah. So I have nothing wrong with these people and I don't mean to blaspheme your Lord. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you've made it this long. It's, uh, <laughs> after the dick talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of like the the Kevin Smith like dogma message like beliefs can be dangerous but like if you're if you're just loving your neighbor like doing the basics doing just being a good dude like that's that's you all know, it I, takes like I almost still believe in that like uh with uh like there's like a verse in the Bible that's like basically mm-hmm. like, hey, look, everything else is trash. Just love everybody. Yeah, don't don't sweat <laughs> the details, man. Yeah, and like that that's the thing that like I've always carried with me, like uh, all the way through, is that like if you act in from a stance of love and 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 all that entails, it's like it's immensely difficult. And it, it makes sense with all the other lore too, right? Where it's just like you, no one's perfect. You can't. It's literally an impossible standard. Uh, yeah. You know, have remorse for when you don't reach this. Yes. And like, if like, if that the only law is like, be, be a loving person and, and act with love towards your fellow human. Mm-hmm. You love them as you would love yourself. Right. So it's just, so it's like, uh, you know, not, not a bunch of self-loathing, but like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> But like treat treat them and their feelings and their situations as if you were in them, right? You know, I get I, I I'm into that and like I I could codify that and if it requires me wearing some iconography of uh, an electrocution chair or a noose <laughs> or, or a little fucking needle or some shit, <laughs> what do they do those days? Oh yeah, cross, and <laughs> then I'll do it. But like, uh, but generally yeah it's like uh i i i don't i don't like the tribalism of it it's it's my big thing it's my biggest thing is like i don't like i don't like the idea that um like i've the thing the cognitive dissonance that i really had as a kid going through this was like thinking of the logistics of the history um so, okay, so Jesus showed up 2,000 years ago, and that's when people were forgiven of their sins. So everyone else before that goes to hell, right? Yeah. Okay. And then anybody who doesn't hear about this guy who's, who's, who's like main marketing team is like 12 assholes who quit their job. Mm-hmm. Like, Fuck all that's, too. Like, if, if those people didn't happen to fucking succeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's up there. And then like, what about, what about like the uncontacted tribes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of situation? What about like the Native Americans uh, that, that, you know, seem to be fairly decent people um, historically? Like, yeah. like what, what about all these just, just people just, just never had a chance. And like, you know, like the Catholic faith has like that, uh, what do they go to the, they go to the purgatory. Like, mm-hmm. or was that just Dante's Inferno? Uh, that was like sort of a Catholic thing too, but I think they like backed off on that later. There was uh Vatican councils debating all that shit. And they got lots of 
fucking weird rules about it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's it's like trying to negotiate yeah, your were, internet bill. Yeah. <laughs> those <laughs> were definitely some of the some of the questions I had. Uh, every like couple of months, we'd have one of the priests come in and like answer questions that the the kids had, and that was one of the ones I posed that never got answered, or I would get like a bullshit answer, like the the puppy shit that I offered up and I knew it was bullshit. <laughs> it's like, hey, what happens? What happens yeah, when somebody leads a genuinely good life or they just never heard Jesus? So they like, like so they never like, had the thought and like, and like, what happens to them when they die? And he's just like, you know, puppies. <laughs> yeah. That cute, right? <laughs> exactly. So, Man, this 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 it took an hour to get there, but we got deep. We got real deep. Yeah, we got we got right to the heart of the religion. Theology. Yeah, something like that. Cunt. Oh yeah, we did talk cunt for a little bit. We had a little cunt talk. Just a little cunt. Um, another good episode title, not as good as the other one. Um, so what do you think? What did we learn today? Did we learn something crazy? Or did we just kind of like, you know, I feel each like other? the, the moral of the story is that, uh, love is real and that just, just love somebody. That's right. That's right. Go to, go to the show notes and click on that Amazon link to get yourself Chuck Tingle's Camp Damascus. It's a work of literature from our greatest voice. Um, a true gift. Uh, get it for yourself. And we will we will start a Chuck Tingle book club soon where we will read a new Chuck Tingle book and enact the most salacious passages um, using puppets. I look forward to that. Right? I want to send you puppets. <laughs> You're gonna be the one doing it. <laughs> um, I learned. I learned a lot today. I learned a lot about oxidation and uh, and how Diet Mountain Dew is not quite the, the DNA scrubbing elixir that uh, I would hope it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I learned a lot about. I learned. I learned a. I don't think I learned a lot about your thoughts and religion, but like I, I, I got deeper into them with you, you know, and like I really liked that. That was like, like if we could make Scott cast like an hour of bullshit, and then like we put, like, like we fucking go back get a get a second beer, and then and then we just like dive deep. You're all just about some, Jesus's boner. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that's how Scott cast should be. That's that's what makes a good two hour episode. Mm-hmm. And that's what we just did. That's what we did for you, you know. And you know what? Guess what? What's that? Thank you. <laughs> My back is not going to be fucking broken today because that fucking chair. I don't. I'm never going to sit in that stupid fucking chair again for the rest of my life. I've never had a chair disrespect me so much. <laughs> I would rather go to church every Sunday 
then sit in that chair one more time. You heard it here first. All right, Ian, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thank you. Hear from us at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. We bid the adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. All hail, Scottcast. Glory be to Scottcast. That's right. long thing.